welcome to Be The Vibe Radio with your hostess, Chrysalis Sun, and I'm excited for another episode of Be The Vibe Radio. I am recording from my Airbnb in Boston. I'm pretty sure you can hear the chillness and excitement in my voice. I absolutely love to travel, and it's been a while, so I am in Boston, in my Airbnb, in my bed, chilling, looking out the window. Let me tell y'all about Boston. I love this city. I first visited here in 2016. Um, I had a flight that was leaving out to London and it was flying out of Boston. So um, I was like, okay, you know, I'll come out for a few days, check out the city. I had never been to Boston. I was not expecting to love this city as much as I loved it. And so ever since then, I had wanted to get back. So I am back. Um, and I've been enjoying myself since I've been here. I will be here for another day or so before I fly back to Atlanta. Now, I will tell you, I was not expecting this cold. <laughs> I forget how cold it is in the Northeast. Um, but other than that, I just, it's been amazing my time here. So, yes, I wanted to take this time to record uh, an episode for you all, something I, I have been wanting to speak about for a while. Uh, I guess that's the theme. I'm always recording uh, things that I'd be wanting to talk about for a while. But this one is extremely important. This topic is extremely important because it really kind of deals with um, more of the emotional and psychological health of, you know, this path, right? So this topic is the tragic relationship between the empath and the narcissist. Why this topic? Because it's important. Um, honestly, relationships between narcissists and empaths are extremely common, like too common. I know for myself, I've had uh, relationships with a narcissist, actually two, back to back. And so it was like, as soon as I got out of one relationship with the narcissist, I ended up getting right into another relationship with another one. But also, I see that it's a common experience of others. I know a lot of people that I've, um, like friends and colleagues, other you know spiritualists. You know they've experienced relationships with narcissists, um, and they are not healthy. They are extremely toxic. They're actually, from my experience and my observation, one of the most uh, toxic an unhealthy and detrimental relationships a person can be in for both the narcissist and the empath. Um, now, you know, of course, with this this episode, I'm speaking from the perspective of an empath because, you know, that's what I am. That's my experience. I'm not a narcissist, so I don't know. <laughs> you know, I can't speak for the narcissist's uh, perspective. So, you know, just to warn you, you know, this this uh, this episode may be a little biased uh, because of just my experiences and just who I am. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's a, it's an honest episode. So. You know, it's it's a common experience. Um, it's the type of relationship that can derail, um, destroy, and undo years of self healing work. Um, you know, and even though it is one of the most toxic relationships you can be in, oftentimes we don't even rec- recognize or realize what it is until it's too late, until we're all knee deep, you know, waist deep in the well.
So, of course, I like definitions um, so we can be very clear about what it is we're talking about, right? So, an empath. The definition of an empath is a person with the ability to a- uh, apprehend the mental and emotional state of another individual. Uh, empaths are highly sensitive, they're psychic, they're intuitive, um, and very in tuned, right? Sometimes overly in tuned. Now, psychologists define empaths as someone with a great deal of empathy, often to the point of taking on the pain of others at their own expense. Now, this is an extremely important thing to notate and remember as we continue on with this discussion, okay? Now, um, in regards to the narcissist, I actually would like to talk about the Greek or share the Greek story of narcissists. Um, So, you know, when I was younger, I used to really, really be into learning about mythology and I was all into Greek and Roman mythology because, you know, the stories, you know, at the time when, you know, it was third grader, fourth grader, fifth grader were some really cool stories, but also they have really, really strong life lessons, right? As any myth or legend uh, has. So, I'm just going to go ahead and read to you all the story of Narcissus. So he was a hunter um, who was known for his beauty. Um, And he was vain, you know, vain and pretentious. And he was a hunter who loved everything beautiful. He was proud, so proud that he disdained those who loved him, causing some to take their own life to prove their devotion to his striking beauty. Now, as the story goes, uh, there's a few stories about Narcissus, but the main story is between him and Echo. So the story goes is that one day Narcissus was walking in the woods when Echo, a mountain nymph, saw him and fell deeply in love and followed him. Narcissus, being a hunter, sensed he was being followed and shouted, who's there? Echo replied, who's there? She eventually revealed her identity and attempted to embrace him. He stepped away and told her to leave him alone. Echo was heartbroken and spent the rest of her life in lonely glens until nothing but an echo sound remained of her. Now, Nemesis, who's an avatar or road of Aphrodite, um, as the goddess of revenge, noticed this behavior after learning the story and decided to punish Narcissus. Once during the summer, he was getting thirsty after hunting, and the goddess lured him to a pool where he leaned upon the water and saw himself in the bloom of youth. Narcissus did not realize it was merely his own reflection and fell deeply in love with it as if it were someone else. Unable to leave the allure of his image, he eventually realized that his love could not be reciprocated, and he melted away from the fire of passion burning inside of him, eventually turning into a gold and white flower. Right. So, you know, several versions of the story. I I know there was a couple stories when I was younger where he um, fell into his own reflection. Like he tried to kiss his own reflection and fell into the water and drowned. Um, There's actually some versions of the story where it was um, not um, Echo, but um, a man um, who professed his love to narcissists and narcissists spurned him and he committed suicide. And, you know, but regardless, the theme is the same. Right. You got this. Um, vain and, you know, uh, just, you know, self-centered person who is, you know, 
people would, you know, shower, try to, they fall in love with him and they try to shower their love on him and he doesn't accept it. He doesn't accept anybody's love and he's always turning away these lovers and in a very cruel way and then they go crazy, they commit suicide, they waste away, they die. And then at the end of the day, he's punished, um, basically giving a taste of his own medicine, you know, being forced to fall in love with himself until he wastes away, you know? So that's the story. And so you can clearly see the theme in this, right? The importance that the lesson in these stories. Now, you know, jumping into the actual definition of narcissism, narcissism is a clinical definition. It is a personality disorder. Um, I first learned of it that way. You know, a lot of people talk about narcissists from a spiritual side, you know, and and when they say say this, you know, anybody can be branded a narcissist, but there's actually clinical diagnosis of narcissism as a personality disorder. Um, it is an inflated sense of self-importance and it is in, in, in psychology, it's, it says it's more common in men though women can have it. Now I'll tell you, I can't necessarily agree nowadays that it's only most common in men because, you know, as I mentioned previously, I had two relationships back to back with the narcissist and one was my ex-husband. And once I got through that divorce, I ended up, I had a girlfriend and she was a narcissist and she was actually way worse than my ex-husband was so and I you know and and I actually see a lot of narcissists in the spiritual community um claiming to be leaders and spiritual leaders and priests and priestesses um and priestesses specifically women specifically so I'm starting to see more uh more signs or more examples of female narcissists um but getting back to the clinical definition of narcissism um, in, in psychology, narcissism cannot be cured. It can be treated, but it cannot be cured. It's an incurable personality disorder. Now, this is also something important to know as I continue with this discussion. So what are the characteristics of a narcissist? Um, how can one identify one? Now, this is really important because... Narcissists are extremely charismatic. They are very uh, charming, very charismatic. And so it's it can be hard to catch the signs early on until it's too late. Um, but there's some really key things that, you know, you got to look out for when you are attempting to, to identify a narcissist. Now, I'm going to read this list and it's long. <laughs> it's a very long list. Um, and this is the list that is, is the clinical list of what, you know, a, a narcissist is now. Um, now, of course, you know, as I read this list, the, you know, narcissist can exhibit, a, you know, not all of these, but a few or a combination of some, or they could actually, uh, exhibit all of these, um, characteristics. Now, I know when my ex-husband, he exhibited quite a few of these characteristics, but I know my ex-girlfriend exhibited almost uh, pretty much all of the characteristics on this list. First and foremost, narcissists have an exaggerated sense of self-importance. They have a sense of entitlement and require constant excessive admiration. Now, this you see more from those who are so-called spiritual leaders or those who are leaders with, you know, in a leadership type position or who are in the public eye. 
Narcissists expect to be recognized as superior even without achievements that warrant it. They exaggerate their achievements and talents. Narcissists are preoccupied with fantasies about success, power, brilliance, beauty, or the perfect mate. Now, this one is also important. That last piece about the perfect mate, keep note of that because I'm going to expand on why that's important later. Narcissists believe they are superior and can only associate with equally special people. Narcissists monopolize conversations and belittle or look down on people they perceive as inferior. Narcissists expect special favors and unquestioning compliance with their expectations. So they talk a lot about loyalty, right? This They'll throw out this vague term about, you know, th- their friends have to be loyal, their mate has to be loyal, loyal loyalty is big for, for narcissists. So that's kind of like a trigger word or like a red flag word, you know, to notice if you're, if you find yourself around or in a relationship with a narcissist. Um, <clears throat> narcissists take advantage of others to get what they want. That's also extremely important. They have an inability or unwillingness to recognize the needs and feelings of others. This is also important. Side note, um, a lot of narcissists, um, have very subtle sociopathic tendencies, um, clinically sociopathic tendencies, where it's just a, a, a void of emotion or a void of empathy or ability to uh, uh, feel or uh, connect with the feelings of others. Narcissists can be envious of others and believe others envy them. They behave in an arrogant matter, manner, coming across as conceited, boastful, and pretentious. And lastly, a narcissist insists on having the best of everything. For instance, the best car, office, uh, clothes, you know, whatever the case may be. Now, with these definitions of empath and a narcissist, you can clearly see the problem when the two meet or when the two get involved. Because on one hand, you have somebody who is overly sensitive and hyperactively intuitive and self-sacrificing involved with someone who is manipulative and void of feeling. So you basically have two polar extremes, like opposite extremes coming together in a way that's not at all compatible at all, like not at all compatible. And this is the reason why these relationships turn tragic because there's absolutely no way a relationship between an empath and a narcissist can work. Um, there's no way that it, I've never seen a relationship between the two be healthy or actually be functional. Now, what happens when a narcissist and an empath meets? Now, when they meet, um, it is an extremely strong connection, um, on a spiritual level, like a sexual chemistry, um, you know, physical chemistry, like it is a very, very, very powerful, very, very strong connection. And this is because both the empath and the narcissist are highly magnetized people. Like empaths are beacons of light. You know, we are, we, we attract people to us. We attract, you know, all kinds of things and energy to us. Uh, we, we are, um, you know, we are wired that way. We're, are, that's part of our blueprint. And because the narcissist is extremely charming and extremely charismatic, they are, they very they can fool people. They're very good at fooling people initially. 
and they're very good at attracting people to them. So you have two groups of people who are, or two individuals, I'll say, that are extremely highly magnetized and they attract each other. Um, the empath is wide open and the narcissist sees this. So what ends up happening is that it makes it very easy. Well, the empath puts themselves in a position to where it's very easy for the narcissist to manipulate and use them. And that's always the dynamic between a narcissist and an empath is just the manipulation and the being and the using. Um, on the other side, on, on the empath side, they spend the entire relationship trying to fix and heal the narcissist, right? But remember what I said earlier about the narcissist being the condition not being true it's it's not curable so empaths come to the narcissist as a quote-unquote their healer trying to heal someone who cannot be cured by them and therein lies the root or or the start of the toxic nature of the relationship um, because a lot of times the narcissist being a master manipulator sees the empath's need to heal them and they use that in order to keep the empath around. Because a lot of times the empath won't lead the relationship. Like they'll, they're so focused on trying to heal the narcissist that, you know, they, they, they stay through it and they stick through it. And the narcissist will use that and they'll const, they'll create situations of constant pain and suffering for themselves in order to keep the empath emotionally invested and emotionally um, connected to the relationship. Um, but the funny thing about the narcissist, and I will say this, is that I, the one thing I appreciate about the dynamic is that the narcissist actually brings their own medicine. What they do is they bring to the surface the things that the empath needs to work on, the inner healing that the empath themselves needs to work on. A lot of times a narcissist brings up the, the mommy or daddy issues of the empath, because a lot of times as empaths, we get into relationships wanting to fix our partners the way that we couldn't fix our mothers or our fathers. So, you know, a lot of times these relationship dynamics between a narcissist and an empath will mirror the real the 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 wounds that we have. They'll replay. Well, let me start over. They will mirror and constantly replay the wounds that we have with our mothers and our fathers with the narcissist acting out the characteristics of our parents that we could not heal right so <laughs> it goes back to that oedipus complex you know and that oedipus is another you know story um <laughs> um but you know the oedipus complex is you know the, the 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 psychological i think it was freud who talked about it the psychological uh need for um us as you know individuals we end up psychologically attracting being attracted to people who remind us of our parents um so it's so funny, you know, so interesting with this episode, how much psychology is in this dynamic. I think this may be like the most um, I've ever dived into the psychology of spirituality, you know, with this episode. But yes, you know, it brings to the surface our mommy and daddy itch issues. 
It also brings to the surface the empath's lack of boundaries because that is a big issue with, with, with empaths that I've seen. I've experienced it myself, the need to learn boundaries. Ironically, I learned that through my marriage um, with my narcissist ex-husband. That was what brought to my attention the fact that I had no boundaries and needed to work on that. Um, but I also see it a lot with empaths, you know, people in the spiritual community, a complete lack of boundaries, just, you know, complete lack of boundaries in a way that is extremely dangerous. It brings to the surface the empaths self-sacrificing program. And, you know, I will say that as an empath, the lack of boundaries and the our, our capacity or our tendency to self-sacrifice are our most destructive habits that we have. It's our most, it's the habits that we have that are the most dangerous to ourselves, the most detrimental to ourselves. And so the narcissist, you know, they, they play on that and then they bring out the fact that that's something that needs to be worked on. Another important thing is that it brings up the empath's need for validation from others. Um, because a lot of times that's another way that a narcissist will uh, control or manipulate the empath is by either, you know, making them constantly seek the validation or withholding praise and validation as a means to to control them. So, you know, those are the, the main uh, things, the medicines that the narcissist brings to the table. Um, and because all of these are some very, very um, painful and deep wounds for an empath, this is, you know, these are the best. This is another reason why these are the most uh, difficult relationships to be in and to heal from when we get out of them. Um, now... In real talk, when you what it really boils down to when you break when you break down the psychology and you break down the spirituality of these relationships, what these relationships represent is a relationship between a parasite and a host. The parasite being the narcissist and the host being the empath. The narcissist will never willingly let the empath go. You know, a narcissist will never leave a relationship. <laughs> you know, they will never willingly leave because they're they're that relationship because the empath is who feeds them energetically, and the empath will feel guilty for wanting to end or separate the relationship. What ends up happening is a codependent and toxic situation. Now, I don't want to go into detail about like the specifics about my relationship with my ex-husband or my ex-girlfriend, um, other than to say that, you know, they both exhibited uh, quite a bit of these uh, persona uh, traits, you know, narcissistic traits, um, you know, and, um, you know, I was in the one, the marriage I was in for, I want to say I was in that relationship for like three years and then the, you know, when I had the girlfriend, I was in that relationship for one and a half, two years. And the issue, though, was that they were pretty much back to back, you know. So I had, you know, went through my divorce. And it was actually funny because with my ex-husband, I knew <laughs> that, I, you know, I knew it just was not, I, I knew that it wasn't good. But I had already... I was already in it and I was already committed to it and I was really trying to help him. So I stayed in it until I just really couldn't do it anymore. And 
you know, with the ex-girlfriend, it was a little bit, it wasn't so obvious, you know, because, um, you know, the, the, the connection, the spiritual connection was so strong. And then there were so many other, she was charming in a lot of ways that my ex-husband wasn't. So she was a lot, it was easier for her to kind of hide and twist. And, you know, she was a lot better at manipulating than my ex-husband was. So it took me longer to really kind of just say, okay, no, I can't do this anymore. Um, but you know, it was interesting because when I went through my divorce, you know, I was, I did a lot of work on myself, a lot of healing work. And then I think it was like uh, maybe about 10 months before I met the girlfriend. And then I went was right into that. And then, but what it was, was that, you know, my relationship with her pretty much and did all the work, the healing work that I had did when I got out of that marriage. So by the end of my relationship, you know, I was drained by the end of both relationships. I was drained. I was in poverty because, you know, that's another thing that narcissists will do is that they will, they will, um, drain your resources, your actual, not just your energy, but your actual physical resources. Um, I was very insecure, very self-doubtful, had a very, um, low self-esteem. I was depressed. Um, of course I was embarrassed and shamed because I was just like, you know, I was like, how could I have gotten in these relationships and how did I not know? And so I was beating myself up for it. Um, you know, and I felt very disconnected from who I was. And these are typically what an empath experiences when we are in or coming out of these relationships with these narcissists. I've never known an empath to come out of a relationship with a narcissist and feel better or be better for it. <laughs> we come out of these relationships with some very, very, very harsh lessons. Um, we have to end up having to do a lot of work on ourselves to heal. And that's if we even heal from it. Um, I know a lot of empaths that are bitter and angry and, you know, still in bad states because of these relationships that they've been in. So how do you avoid the relationship altogether? Because trust me, you don't want to be in a relationship with a narcissist. You just don't. I mean, you could do it if you want to, but just know that it it will never get better. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that the narcissist can't be healed, but it, it, they can't be healed by you. <laughs> just real talk narcissist that relationship that healing work needs to come from a neutral third party who's not emotionally invested in them um they need like complete like handled with kid gloves type handling um and so you have to just recognize that it is out of your hands. Like it is above your pay grade to try to heal or, or work with a, a narcissist. So how to avoid the relationship altogether. Recognize the signs. You know, I just provided a whole list <laughs> and detailed how to recognize when you're in a relationship with the narcissist. <clears throat> um, and be honest with yourself. Like, 
you pull you have to sometimes it will cause you to have to pull away emotionally and be very objective because you know these relationships are highly emotional highly you know roller coasters ups and downs it could be difficult to pull yourself away in a sense of being able to observe it from a place of neutral neutrality so you have to be able to recognize the signs and be very clear about who and what you're dealing with the other way to avoid it is to heal the parts of you that attracted that person to begin with. And honestly, this is a tip for anybody who's in any type of toxic relationship, whether that person is a narcissist or not. At the end of the day, you attracted that relationship to you because there's something about within you that magnetized that. So when you start to heal the parts of you that attracted that person, you stop attracting those people. And I'll tell you, that's what it was with me. Once I learned the second time, um, once I was in the second relationship and I got out of it, I was like, okay, never again. I'm not doing that. Let me work on these things within myself that are causing me to heal these people, these types of people. Let me heal the things within myself that are causing me to attract these types of people. Another way is learn how to set and maintain boundaries, because if you have healthy boundaries and if you even if you do attract a narcissist, they won't even try you because they know that you can't be manipulated. They know that they can't get past a certain threshold. And that's actually not just with the narcissist. That's with anyone that's trying to manipulate you. Um, because that's another thing, too, as empaths, we are prone to people trying to manipulate us because they see that we're highly sensitive and we're highly intuitive and that we have, you know, a certain energetic frequency that people want to feed off of. So the best way to avoid all of that altogether is just to learn how to set and maintain your healthy boundaries. Learn the lesson the first time. Don't do what I did and get into multiple relationships with narcissists. Um, because at the end of the day, eventually it will completely tear you down to have to keep repeating that cycle with multiple people. So learn the lesson the first time. Um Accept where the narcissist is and that there is nothing you can do for them. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Accept where the narcissist is and that there is nothing you can do for them. Now, I'm, as a healer, as a healist, I'm not saying that narcissists cannot be healed. Now, according to psychology, they can't be cured, but that's a psychological aspect of it. But spiritually, you know, that's a different different situation. I'm not saying that spiritually narcissists cannot be, be healed. But what I'm saying is that they cannot be healed by an empath that they are in a relationship with. They need to go see like a priest or a priestess, somebody's Baba Lau, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> somebody's Padrino, somebody's Madrina, somebody's Ia. That's where they need to go. They need to see somebody priest, <laughs> somebody's, they need to go say, you know, the, the they need to go to confessional. They need to say they Hail Mary something, but it, it, it ain't going to be you. It ain't going to be you, sweetie. You, it ain't gonna, you're not going to be the one to be able to fix that. And it's not your responsibility to fix that because, you know, according to the psychological, you know, characteristics of a narcissist, these are issues that they've had since childhood. You know, they say that it's a combination of genetics and and their um, upbringing. So it's nature and nurture, which is the cause of this. This this ain't for you to fix. And at the end of the day, the root issue for the narcissist is that they feel unlovable. They feel like they can't be loved. They feel like they can't receive love, that they don't deserve love. That's not, you can't 
force somebody to believe that they do. Like, the only way for someone, to, they have, in order for someone to be able to accept that they're lovable, like, they, ha- they have to be the ones to accept that. You can't force that on them. So if they're in a constant state of telling themselves that they're not they're unlovable, that's where they're going to always be. They're never going to accept your love and adoration. You know, they're never they're going to always want your attention and your energy because that's the parasitic parasitic nature of them, but they're not ever going to feel like they deserve you or your love. So they're going to always be in that space of turning you away you know, um, you know, not accepting you, like not accepting your love. Like at the end of the day, they're never going to receive who you are. They're going to just want to feed off of who you are. You can't fix that. And the last tip on how to avoid the relationship is to end it. If you find yourself in a relationship with a narcissist, it is to, in your best interest to end that relationship, count your losses, you know, Learn your lessons, do your healing work, and move the fuck on. Because again, like I said, in all the years that I've been a spiritualist, and all the years that I've seen, I've you know I've been in these relationships, and I've seen people in these relationships, I've yet to see one that actually worked and that's healthy. Now, lastly, what I want to end with is for those who've been in relationships with a narcissist, how do you heal from that? How do you get past that? Um, I know therapy definitely works because, you know, narcissists, and I know in the spiritual world, we actually downplay therapy a lot. It is very important to go to therapy and sit with the therapist, the psychologist and work those things out because especially within our communities, people of color, we don't go to to therapy. We don't really, mental health is is not our strength. Like we, 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 and I'm very big on promoting mental health like I'm very 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 big on that um you have to you know my approach to everything is holistic you can't ignore your mind when you're on your spiritual path especially when there's a such a thin line between being spiritual and being psychotic and I'm actually gonna do a whole other episode that may be the next episode the thin line between being spiritual and being psychotic but you know reeling back into the, the topic at hand you know seek therapy to work through the mental, you know, issues of, you know, the mental repercussions of these relationships. Because again, remember that narcissists, they manipulate um, through like emotionally and mentally. So go to therapy, do a lot of forgiveness work, you know, do a lot of heart chakra, a lot of forgiveness work on yourself, forgive the narcissists. Um, They can't help who they are. You know, they really can't. They really can't. Like, that's their own burden to bear. And they can't help that. And it's not you. Like, don't take it personal because this is the way they treat everybody around them. You know, they don't care about anybody's feelings. It ain't just your feelings. They don't care about anybody anybody's feelings. So do forgiveness work around it. Forgive yourself for being in a relationship and forgive the narcissist for who they are, you know, for the, for being who they are. Prayers and affirmations, because it's going to be really important to do a lot of work around your self-worth and your confidence and your empowerment. 
So prayers, affirmations, altar work, ancestor work, um, you know, all play a big part in healing from these relationships. Spiritual cleanings. And I'll tell you, like, why this is important. And I'm talking spiritual cleanings as in spiritual baths, um, even down to if you have to go and, and see a priest or priestess about them spiritually cleaning you. Um, the reason why a lot of people don't think about this is because a lot of relationships with narcissists, they have a lot of attachments to them, negative attachments, and they can transfer, they can and will transfer those negative attachments onto you. And I know for myself, I had to do a lot of cleansings with my padrino around attachments for my ex-husband and my ex-girlfriend. I'm talking about spirits that were on me, um, malignant spirits um, that were on me um, from them that were causing me a lot of chaos and uh, issues. You know, a lot of instability, a lot of chaos, a lot of unfortunate misfortune. Um, so even if after years of not being in those relationships, I was still feeling and experiencing residuals because I still had the spiritual attachments from them. So spiritual clean cleansings. And let me tell you, I just got those finally completely off within the last like, where are we in? Six months, eight months. So that's another reason why it's important to really pay attention to the dynamics of these relationships because the spiritual repercussions are, you know, there's a residue, the long lasting. Um, Another way to heal is to do uh, psychic cord cutting rituals, you know, where you cut the 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 attachments, you know, psycho, the spiritual or psychic attachments. Um, And that also keeps them from physical or spiritually being able to feed off of you even if you're not really dealing with them um that's the root of the the parasitic connection is that psychic cord so you have to cut that um and lastly reclaim your power you know which is so important because a lot of times these relationships will leave you feeling very powerless very insecure very docile um and so it's very important to to reclaim your power. Whew, so, wow. Okay, I got to take a breather because <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot for me to channel and put out there, especially because it's a sensitive subject, especially because it's something that I've experienced. So I'm going to breathe. Let me uh, take a sip of this green tea over here. Okay, so that is all I have to say about this uh, topic, Uh, the tragic relationship between an empath and a narcissist, because it is tragic. Um, Hopefully that, you know, things I've shared today with this episode will help uh, those of you who find yourselves in these relationships. Hopefully for those, um, you know, who are not in the relationships with a narcissist, it helps you to recognize and keep in mind too, it's not just romantic relationships. You know, narcissists can be friends, it can be family, you know, it could be, you know, other people within your close circle. So, you know, this is, this is just something for, you know, anybody who is dealing with a narcissist on any level, 
but specifically for those who were in a romantic entanglements with this type of individual. So hopefully this is insightful. Hopefully this information will uh, help you to free yourself and help you feel empowered, give you you know information and tools uh, to do whatever it is you got to do <laughs> in regards to you know, these dynamics, hopefully it will help you to heal from being in relationships with narcissists. Um, and I actually want to touch on one more thing before I close out. When it comes to being, having a narcissist as a parent, these, these same things apply. So if you have to distance yourself from a parent because they are a narcissist, it is absolutely in your best interest to do so. And don't feel guilty about it. Take the lesson and, and and distance yourself, right? It applies no matter who the person is, what, what the relationship is to you, especially if it's a parent. So with that being said, you know, I wish everyone well um, who's listening. I know things are crazy right now. We're in the middle of... Uh, a major sh- <laughs> shift uh and it's playing out um in the world you know it's it's march 21st 2020 um so with that being said i wish everybody perfect health and i wish peace and abundance and fearlessness and empowerment and um of course always if you want to reach me i'm on be the vibe.com i have a contact form if you want to email me therapeutic vibrations at gmail.com if you want to find me on social media chrysalis underscore sun on ig chrysalis sun on facebook and um yeah that's all i got y'all i'm about to go out and enjoy this boston uh it got sunny so i feel like i need to get out (laughs) while the sun's still out about to go hit me some botanicas maybe go to the harbor and enjoy the rest of my vacation so hope everybody's well i wish you all peace and many blessings and until next time